Good to chat to you, mate. How are you? Kia ora, Piney. Thanks for the weekly therapy session. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kia ora, mate. That was Jason Pine, the host of Sunday Sport on News Talk ZB, taking one of many calls that day from All Blacks fans, gutted by yet another beating in the early hours of that morning and the prospect of another one to come this weekend. And for some it really was therapeutic to unload on air to Piney, but some were just a little bit whiny. Yeah, Piney. Frustrated, confused, peeved off, but I suppose that's a fact of life. Two hours wasted wasted sleep. <laughs> uh, should be on a plane right now coming home. Or actually, no, don't send them home. Send them somewhere else. Who cares about them? And Mark was just one of many calling for the head of Coach Ian Foster. He certainly hasn't got the credential to be CEO of a national side. I'll catch him next week, Piney. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mark. Thanks for calling. Uh, nice and succinct from you. But while Mark kept his gripes short, the next day the New Zealand Herald ran not one but two editorials demanding Ian Foster's sacking. One of them filled the entire front page, and they noticed that in Ireland. The, the media are on their back, so their media kind of come in, row in behind them generally, and are almost like an arm of the All Blacks. But the, the front page of the New Zealand Herald did a front page editorial this week calling for Ian Foster to go. So you know they're kind of... They're not just, they're panicking, there's a bit of self-hatred coming in, there's like call for massive changes, uh, for the captain to be dropped, you know, everything's on the table at the moment. That was rugby analyst Simon Hick from Ireland's Second Captains podcast, and on the same podcast, former Irish international Shane Horgan compared the all-black coaches to the crew that abandoned that sinking Italian cruise ship a while back. Maybe the coach had to walk, but like it did bring back memories of, you know, remember that um, the Italian captain of the Costa Concordia, you know, where he jumped off and left everyone else behind. He was the first off the boat. I'm all right, Jack. We're throwing these guys uh, overboard. And if you thought that was a bit over the top, the second editorial inside Monday's New Zealand Herald compared New Zealand rugby's management of the All Blacks to Richard Nixon's handling of Watergate. And if that seemed a bit out of proportion, they didn't much mind in Dublin. Is anyone feeling sorry for the All Blacks? <laughs> no, no, no. Come back to me in 111 years, because that's how long we went getting beaten down by those guys. Did they show us any sympathy? No. Now, the old, much-debated maxim says sport and politics don't mix. But last Sunday, some in the media were comparing Ian Foster's plight with that of another under-fire national leader. For example, Francesca Radkin pivoted like Aaron Smith at the base of the scrum for her News Talk ZB show Sunday Café, like this. Ben, somebody else whose performance has come into question a little bit over the last couple of weeks is Chris Luxon. And of course, the National Party is currently uh, having its conference in AGM in Christchurch as we speak. But outside that National Party conference last weekend, Christopher Luxon confidently told reporters his renewed National Party was leaving its baggage behind after a period of dysfunction. We've renewed our parliamentary caucus. The caucus is on song. The party's in great shape, as you've seen, with respect to the enthusiasm of our members, new money and donors coming in and supporting us. And we've also been able to attract good staff as well. So I think we're in great shape going into 2023. All right, guys, I better go to the AGM. And at that AGM, the party picked a new president while the Q&A show was on air on TVNZ1. Sylvia Wood, she's taking over from Peter Goodfellow, who's been in the role uh, for 13 years as party president. And yesterday, uh, your previous guest, Sir John Key, and others sort of beamed in a video link praising him for his work in this role, but he has increasingly become quite a controversial figure. And that's after the catastrophic defeat that National suffered in 2020, where they didn't really raise enough money, but also um, they had that just horrendous ability to sort of bring in misfits and deviants in his candidates and MPs through their candidate selection process, which the board oversees. 
But little did TVNZ's Benedict Collins know that the next instalment in that particular story was only a day away when staff reporter Kirsty Johnston broke the news that the party's newest MP, Sam Uffendale, had assaulted a fellow pupil back in his school days. Now it turned out that the National Party's top tier didn't know about that skeleton in Sam Uffendale's boarding school closet either because the panel that picked him for Tauranga didn't pass it on and among them was the brand new party president, Sylvia Wood, who was confronted outside Parliament about that by TVNZ's Mikey Sherman. Hi Sylvia. Hello. Did you know you were part of the selection process for Sam Uffendale, weren't you? Did you make a mistake by not informing the leaders about that? Could we please get a comment from you? Why won't you talk to us today? Now the reason Sylvia Wood didn't stop and chat wasn't just the bucketing rain and howling southerly whipping the parliamentary forecourt. She is an experienced HR professional and allegations against Sam Uffendale were about to be investigated by Maria Dew QC, the lawyer who reviewed the workplace culture of the scandal hit broadcasting company MediaWorks just last year. Now there was obvious public interest in the truth about all this, but also a moral question for the media. Is it really fair to reveal the politically damaging teenage misdemeanours of someone who's now pushing 40? Well, that became a less vexed question when RNZ on Wednesday revealed further allegations of out-of-control menacing conduct when Sam Uffendale was pushing 20 at Otago University, allegations which also came as news to his new boss Christopher Luxon, but were denied by Sam Uffendale himself. Now, the response to that from many of the opinion minions in the media ranged from heads must roll to boys will be boys. Hayden Donnell looked at that in Midweek Media Watch earlier this week and also had some new portrayals of exactly what still goes on around North Dunedin's notorious student flats. A DMV, bit of fun, yeah, I don't know what else. Basically, if you dance to the bass enough, you forget about your childhood trauma for a little bit and that's just a beautiful thing. I kind of go something like... If you missed it, Midweek Media Watch is available on the Media Watch page of the RNZ website, our section of the RNZ app, or you'll find it in our podcast feed. But even before the Sam Uffendale scandal raised awkward and unwanted questions for his party leader, Christopher Luxon's leadership was being questioned by some in the media because of what now seem like pretty minor missteps. And some of them were mentioned by a News Hub reporter, Amelia Wade, on day one of that National Party conference last weekend. Christopher Luxon will have needed this week is to get some runs on the board. It's been a bruising couple of weeks for him with his tipuki holiday headache and the confusion around his tax cuts. So what he needed to do today was to show the 700-odd National Party rank and file here today that the ship is in good shape. Amelia Wade went on to say Christopher Luxon more or less did that at the stage managed bits of that event, but some commentators were claiming that those gaffes and others meant that the National Party, a bit like New Zealand rugby, might just have picked the wrong leader for its pack. And some pundits even went on to claim, while naming no names, that some in the National Party were sounding out Deputy Nicola Willis as a Razor Robertson-style replacement for 2023. Now, in his weekly column, former Herald editor Gavin Ellis reckoned that our political reporters would even be jealous of the heads-must-roll momentum that sports journalists have been able to generate lately over Ian Foster. But while the media wolf pack smelled blood, he said... Its sense of smell is not so well developed that it can differentiate between a mortal wound, a non-life-threatening gash and a paper cut. And while Ian Foster had inflamed rugby reporters by claiming that last weekend's mauling in Mbombella was actually the All Blacks' best performance of the year, 
Christopher Luxon really could claim that he'd led his party's best performance yet since it went into opposition in 2017. Writing for The Guardian, former Stuff political reporter Henry Cook said that Luxon's recent flubs and gaffes were really no big deal set against the changes that he'd overseen in-house. The party is polling at almost twice what his predecessor managed and raking in donations. His parliamentary office is well run despite the straightened resources of an opposition this small, a crucial factor in making the media take you seriously. Now, whether the media taking Christopher Luxon seriously is significant for the rest of us is another matter, though last week reporters were even making fun of Christopher Luxon over this. It sums up how New Zealanders are feeling across this country. Got bills, I've got to pay, so I'm going to work, work, work every day. And just for candidly engaging the media by singing a bit of Lunch Money Lewis, Christopher Luxon was punished with mocking comparisons to the mockumentary manager and would-be muso of The Office, David Brent, who famously claimed to be both a chilled-out entertainer and a boss. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> oh, that's Sounds like you should stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, he should have stayed in his lane on that one. What about the... What about the... There was NZME business editor Fran O'Sullivan on News Hub Nation last weekend. Now, Luxon's singing may not have been a great look for someone who wants the highest office in the land, but obviously it's not a serious matter, though Fran O'Sullivan was serious when she added this. Has he had missteps with Tapuki, confusion over tax? Yeah, look, I mean, there's been a range of things, and I, I just think the discipline uh, needs to be there. I do not know who advises Chris Luxon and who he actually listens to. Um, Christopher needs to listen a bit. He is quite impulsive in what he says. Now, in the past, some opposition leaders have suffered from taking too much notice of what their spin doctors told them to say and do. We'll get into that a little later in this programme. But writing for Newsroom this week, veteran side-switching Cabinet Minister Peter Dunn said this, with reference to Luxon's now-notorious Tipuki Hawaiian holiday. In today's politics, perceptions over substance are all that matters. It is why the Prime Minister can get away with empathetic sadness about the numbers of people sleeping in cars, but Luxon now risks being backed into a corner by that social media embarrassment. He quickly needs to find issues he can get alongside New Zealanders on and be seen to be backing them. But it was already too late for that, according to Matthew Hooten, former adviser to previous National Party leader Todd Muller. In his weekly New Zealand Herald column last week, he said we were past peak Luxon popularity already and the polls showed that 150,000 people who once previously preferred National had, in Matthew Hooten's words, headed home to the comfort and safety of Ardern for the winter, even though Ardern's government, he reckoned, couldn't run a bath. But one National Party leader that lots of voters backed in three elections in a row was John Key, and on TBNZ's Q&A last weekend, John Key had no such reservations about Christopher Luxon when he was asked for his marks out of 10 so far. Yeah, I'm going to give him a 10, and, uh, and, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because if you go in back and have a look at the polls, and it's a remarkable feat to have got to where he's got to in such a short space of time. And you're always going to get errors and things that go wrong, and, and when you're in the middle of it, you sometimes sit back and you think, how on earth did that happen? That's part of the scrutiny of politics, and by the way, it just never goes away. For as long as you're in that job, you'll get it. But has he put National in a position where it's a credible candidate to win the election next year? I think 100%. And if that's the test of a good leader, then I'm giving him a 10. But is the ability to win elections all that the people who decide who wins are looking for? 
Well, the latest of those opinion polls was just a day away, unveiled by TVNZ's political editor Jessica Much Mackay on Monday's One News. He will be Prime Minister on these numbers, and until now, that hasn't been a viable option. Jessica Much Mackay said that the poll showed the tide was now turning away from Labour and the left, but that the Prime Minister's foreign trips really hadn't helped in that poll. And when Jessica Much Mackay dropped Christopher Luxon's Lunch Money Lewis impression into her report about that poll result, well, she wasn't making fun of it this time. Are you ready for it? In an extraordinary television moment, National's leader turned musical. And sums up how New Zealanders are feeling across this country. Got bills, I've got to pay. So I'm going to work, work, work every day. That work is paying off. Voters shifting to the centre-right with a big dollop of support from ACT. One News used its augmented reality graphics last Monday night to beam Jessica Much Mackay into the debating chamber in Parliament to show us what it would look like if this had been an actual general election result. But it's just one more poll of 1,000 people simulating the result of an election, which will actually be decided by almost 3 million voters in around 15 or 16 months from now. But by the time RNZ political editor Jane Patterson was called upon to wrap the week's political news on Morning Report's new end-of-week political panel last Friday, it wasn't that TVNZ poll or even the fallout from the revelations about Sam Uffendell that kicked it off. We thought we were going to be talking about the National Party and the terrible week they've had, but um, Labour has uh, had this grenade bomb. dropped onto them um, by one of its backbench MPs. There was the MP for Hamilton West, Dr Gaurav Sharma, who wrote a piece in the Herald published on Friday claiming he could have written a couple of books about bullying and coercion in Parliament and even at the top levels of his own party. Dr Sharma penned an explosive column in the Herald yesterday claiming rampant bullying in Parliament that goes all the way to the ninth floor. He didn't cite any specific examples, but on Morning Report, Stuff's political editor Luke Malpass reckoned we'd be hearing much more about the issue soon. Next, next, the next week or so, the, the spotlight's re- really going to be on culture of the parties. Well, this past week, it's not just the culture of political parties, but also the culture in schools and universities that got some of the spotlight after the allegations of misconduct that made headlines. And that's no bad thing, because they're bigger issues than poll results, social media gaffes, or a party leader's clunky musical choices, things which are not front of mind for many people for long outside of the media.